0: No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Talk Radio.
1: Thank you for joining me for another edition of the Bob Sullivan Show. Tonight I have on with me from BasketballInsiders.com, Jabari
2: Davis. Jabari, how are you doing tonight? I'm great, Bob. Always good when I when I get to join you talk some hoops for a little bit.
1: Yeah, it is... Uh... You know, we used to do these quite often, uh, probably <laughs> once a week, twice a week, you know, every chance we got and then uh yeah you know, it's you know, fewer and fewer times, but we have more quality now than we do quantity, which I do every time we get together it's uh good conversation. I feel like we could go for about three hours every time.
2: absolutely and you know what's funny about that, Bob, you know, you're you're still a young man, but as you get older you appreciate the quality more than the quantity, so yeah. Now it, it works out; it definitely works out. Uh, uh,
1: well, first things first. Uh, are you uh, are you a, before we get into basketball? Were you a Breaking Bad guy?
2: I was a Breaking Bad guy. I, start, you know, I got into the show a little bit late. Uh, I think I, I, I caught on about the you know the third season, and I caught myself up pretty quickly. And yeah, I, I loved the show.
1: It's uh, you know I today I've been watching the reruns. They're doing reruns up until uh, they played Better Call Saul, and mm-hmm. you know, season five right now. It's just incredible. I mean, you look at the show; it's just like it kept getting better and better. Every episode built on itself. I can't, you know. One of my guests last night said the only show he thought that compared to it was The Wire. In that aspect, but I can't think of another show that I've watched where every episode just kept getting better and better, and I felt like it never, like it it peaked at the end, which you don't see with the show ever.
2: I mean, look, whenever you you know how I am when it comes to rankings, they're all subjective, they're all a matter of opinion, anyhow. But it's pretty tough. You'd be hard pressed to find, you know, say five shows better than Breaking Bad. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it was that good. You know, me, you know, personally, you know, I'm a fan of The Wire. Everybody, everybody, anybody that follows me on Twitter knows I'm a fan of The Wire. I'll throw random Wire, you know, Wire, wire quotes out there. Uh, but Breaking Bad is right there. You know, I, I, you know, for me, I would say The Sopranos was another one. You know, I know it was a little while, you know, a little while ago. Yeah, you know, So, you know, some of the listeners out there might not, you know, might not have ever seen it. But it, it, in terms of storytelling, in terms of, you know, an expert level of writing, uh, and, and as you mentioned, you know, hit really nailing it and hitting the peak, you know, at the end, uh, you know, it's definitely up there.
1: Do You feel,
2: um, you know, I I read an article. I, I've
1: talked about this with a few people on my show, uh, on the show that over the years with the way Netflix is set up and Hulu and you know all these streaming devices. People are actually, you know, people are getting dumber to begin with, but people are getting even dumber <laughs> by watching these TV series in bulk during, uh by binge watching them, because it's like, you know, like, believe it or not, kids who are listening to the show, there was a time where you would have to wait a week to see the next episode <laughs> of a show. Like, I'm, I'm pretty young, but I still remember watching The Shield, you know, mm-hmm. week in, week out think about what was going to happen next and they said that's making us dumber as a society by not having to anticipate what's going to happen we just you know go from one episode to the next in 10 seconds don't even think about what we just watched or think about what might happen next it kind of narrows our minds i found that pretty interesting
2: that is interesting and you know i hadn't really thought about it you know I, I don't know if it necessarily will make you dumber, but I could see, you know, like an argument being made for uh, you know, the lack of having to wait, the lack of having you know, having that you know, that week in between in order to process things, in order to get your creative mind going. You know, what you know, which which angle is it gonna go, you know, what's the you know, what's the next twist? Uh I, I guess I could go with that for a little bit. Um but at the same time I'm a, I will openly admit I'm a binge watcher. I've totally transitioned in, into that mode. Uh you, you, like I said I I caught up on Breaking Bad, you know, seasons 1, 2 and 3 probably in about a 3 week span. Yeah, and I and I know, yeah, while working at the same time and still taking care of business, but pretty much I was mainlining Breaking Bad, so I may you, know, hey, look, maybe I'm getting dumb.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I don't feel like, you know, with Breaking Bad, you know, I watched it over about two or three week period. I finished, I watched five seasons in that long, but it was only 65 episodes. So it wasn't, you know, it was obnoxious that I finished it that quickly, but it wasn't <laughs> as bad as when I watched the entire series of 24, which is eight seasons, 92 episodes. And I watched that in like a month and a half, which is just ridiculous that I was able to, you know, accomplish that for, I wouldn't really call that an accomplishment. I call that a waste of life. But I, I
2: did. Um, hey, you know, it's only a waste. It's only a waste if you feel wrong about it, man. If you enjoyed it, yeah, I, I I don't have like like you know when people say guilty pleasures. No, it's not a guilty pleasure. I like it. I'm not I'm not concerning myself with what someone else thinks about you know the things that I like. So if you enjoyed those ninety six hours or however long it was, then yeah, I, I say more power to you. <laughs> um, well, on the NBA,
1: I had Tim Donaghy on last night, and we we were talking. I was asking him about you know Adam Silver being open to sports gambling, kind of being proactive with getting the NBA involved in it. And I asked him if it would be a good idea for the NBA to, well, you know how like in FBI, like you look at like a movie like Catch Me If You Can. With Tom Hanks and Leonardo DiCaprio, and eventually Leonardo DiCaprio starts working for the FBI, trying to catch other check fraud people and whatnot. Don't you do you think the FBI should maybe not align itself with Tim Donaghy, but maybe talk to him to make sure that nothing like his situation happens again? If they bring in this, I, I feel like if gambling and uh, legalized sports gambling happens that there could be issues that arise in the NBA like Donaghy's again. Don't you?
2: You know that's a really interesting parallel. I was wondering when you started going into the catch me with you can you, if you can, I was like where is he going with this? That's a, that's really intriguing. Look, at the very least what I can say about Commissioner Silver, you know, whom I have loved so far. you know, thus far, he's almost a year into his tenure now. Or no, may, or did he just pass the year? Or he's right he's right around his anniversary. Um I love the yeah, fact that he 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 seems open to everything. He you know like like nothing is just completely off the table. You know what I mean? So at the very least yeah. at the very least I think you know that, that would be something that they would consider. Um you have got an asset that's out there. He was you know for, you know formerly associated with the league. I know uh you know it was a you know, quote unquote black eye for the stern administration, but I see no reason whatsoever why you know why you wouldn't at least want to you know have that conversation with the guy.
1: Well, and especially, you know, the guy, it wasn't like he was just placing bets. You know, he was in deep with the mob. I believe, like, just to, you know, have him go talk to people. He said he didn't think there was any way the NBA would ever come back to him because they don't want to align themselves with him. But I just think it would be a good idea to, you know, use him as a source or not a source, but uh, an asset to – I mean, you don't have to go public with it, but go to him. Ask him, okay, how did you line yourself up with the mob? Who are some people to watch out for in the league? You know, just things in the league that could, uh, you know, give them hints that something wrong is going on.
2: I, like I said, I fully agree with that. You know, I, I'm a big believer in you got to, you know, if there are assets available, if there's if if there are alternatives, if there are options that that are out there, if you're in the if you're in the interest of making money, and and we I think we know that the you know, the NBA isn't you know, is in the interest of making money, you have to explore them, uh, you know, so even you know, and 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 to your point, you're right. They wouldn't. They, you don't have to do it publicly. Now, could the information leak out? Yes. And then you know, you, you, you know there are all types of different ways that you can take that, but at the end of the day, do you know it's not like this guy is like some evil you know entity. Yes, he did some obviously he did some shady things. Obviously, he got caught up and mixed in with you know with with certain practices that you you probably should know, you shouldn't be involved in. But at the, you know but that doesn't mean that he doesn't have a whole lot of information and a lot of knowledge that he could pass on and maybe you know you know maybe you'll set the NBA, you'll set you'll set their front office up aware that like you said they can avoid certain you know certain pitfalls.
1: Look, and he's not, you know, he he's not a guy he he's not did really shady things, did terrible things, but you know, he I mean I guess it's part of being a criminal, but I find him to be, you know, he's a nice guy, he's really nice to me. Uh I I find him to be genuine in his, you know, being regretful Uh, remorse in the whole situation and I think he's turned a page in his life and I do think that it would be good for him to get back involved but um, looking at uh, before we go into the All-Star break uh, Atlanta and Golden State are the leaders right now in the East and West respectively I'm guessing no man on the face of the earth had that when we did Previews me, you, Jameson at times, uh, of this season, Atlanta was in our bottom three. I listened to those. We were talking about how bad Atlanta would be. And, they you know, first place in the East, people are talking about how they're the Spurs of the East, which I'm not really buying mm-hmm. into, but they're taking Golden State and Atlanta right now.
2: Well, I, I, first I'll say that's the reason why I always let people know predictions and things of that nature. All they are is as an opinion in that moment. <laughs> you know, same thing with Phoenix last year. Uh, uh, the digital magazine that we did, actually no, the print magazine that we did for uh, was that actually no, it was, yeah, right when Basketball Insider started, I did a preview for the you know for the Phoenix Suns and I said they were going to you know much like everyone else. I said you know they probably weren't going to do too well in under you know Jeff Hornacek in his first year, and obviously they came out and won forty eight games and have you know have continued that success. So when it comes to predictions, you know what they are what they are. <laughs> you know the players get out there on the court and we see what they do. Atlanta is for real. They are you know look, i I I hear the argument about they don't have a superstar, they don't have like you know the that quote unquote guy that you can throw the ball to in, in, a, in an intense you know playoff series. Yeah, I hear all of that. But what they do have are they have players that love to play together. They have players that will do whatever it takes for the next guy. They have players that step up, you know, when someone else is having a bad game or step back if somebody's having a good game. You know, I I don't know whether, you know, the whole Spurs-East thing, is legitimate, but what I can say is, I mean, obviously there's the connection with buttonholes that work for, you know, worked for Popovich for, if I'm not mistaken, 20 years. So, of course, that, you know, that philosophy you will know, we'll have, we'll have at least leaped into, you know, into his, uh, you know, how he, go, how he goes about things. But the truth is that they really don't have any flaws. Every, you know, they've got bigs that rebound, bigs that defend, bigs that can shoot outside, bigs that can score in the post. They've got guards that can shoot. They've got playmakers. They, you know, they they've got they they pretty much have it all. So for me, even though it's an extreme surprise, Atlanta legitimately is my top team in the East. Followed closely, and I know this may come as a surprise, but we can all be real about it now. Even if you know, even if some of us thought it was going to go a different way, Cleveland is going to end up as the second best team in the East. I don't know if they're going to get the, the number two seed, but they're they're right. They're going to be right there, you know, when it's all said and done. Because it, it's clear that they've turned it forward. Um, and out west, Golden State is really all about is Andrew Boga going to be healthy? I mean, of course, everyone else you know needs to stay healthy as well. And and health is relative, in, you know, the, in, in professional sports in general. But if he's going to be there at the end, of, you know, at the end of the season and be available, you know, and like I said, relatively healthy for the postseason push, I could see Golden State making a you know you know, making it very difficult to knock them out.
1: Yeah, it's – with my opinion on Atlanta is – the the whole thing is funny to me because early in the season, you know, they got off to kind of a rough start. Pretty much the Mm -hmm. start we expected them to. They were, you know – then they won, well, like, you know, 17 – you know, they had 17 to 18 and then won 19 in a row. It was just ridiculous what happened. But – with them, it's funny to me with people, it's like, I, I do think that they're a legit contender to win the East. The thing that's funny to me, though, is it was like, are these guys for real? Eh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, they're okay. And then, you know, the win streak goes on. And it's like, then everybody's, you know, oh, yeah, this Atlanta team is for real. Like, mm-hmm. they're, they're, like, sticking their chest out like they, they know something. You know, yeah, it's really pretty much what we were talking about the other night with the Twitter universe where nobody saw this coming. And for people that, yeah. like, the, you know, it's, you know, a runaway thing with the Hawks being so good, you know, Horford, and the, they're like, oh, Horford and Millsap, we completely overlooked it. It's like, no, we didn't. The reason we overlooked it is for good reason. Horford's always injured, and mm-hmm. Millsap, he's pretty good it's it's a pretty good front court and mm-hmm. you know it looks really right now because Horford is healthy um that that's the only you know that's the thing that kind of bothered you with Atlanta where people are starting to talk you know they've talked themselves into buying into mm-hmm. Atlanta which is the whole the rest of the season has been they've been trying to talk themselves into now they're they're there With Atlanta, you know, and I'm I'm still a little shaky on them. With not, I think Teague's close to being a star. I like Schrader, Corver's great on the perimeter. I just, I I think you give them a seven game series against the Bulls. uh, I just, I Bulls Cavs. I I just see them going down, not because they're not good enough, just because I feel like. I
2: just don't think they have enough experience yet. And that's, and that's fair. You know, they did, you know, most of this group, uh, you know, they, they were, you know, excuse me, they were together last year. So they did have the, you know, like the run that they made last year, especially, you know, down the stretch, um, you know, together. But you know, I, I hear that. I hear that. The one thing I'll say is this, you know, in this, because you referenced that conversation that we had about Twitter and how everybody, you know, will, will puff their chest out in sports folks need to and again this is just my opinion folks need to be able to say hey look i was wrong hey look i thought this way i thought it was going to go this way and it went the other way you're right atlanta is a surprise i did not think they were going to be good coming into the year just like to be honest with you i didn't think memphis was going to be great not that i didn't think they were going to be great it was just that i i I looked at how deep the western conference was and i thought that they would be one of those teams that fell off obviously not only did they you know, they go out and pick up Jeff Green, but they were play, They've been playing fantastic basketball all year. So, it, it, what it really boils down to is, it's okay to be surprised. It's okay to say like, "Wow, I didn't anticipate Atlanta doing this," but hey, now that they're doing it, let's pay attention and let's take a look at it. I, uh, you know, the thing with the Bulls, I'm not sold on them, and I and you'll remember, I was all Bulls 100 percent in the Eastern Conference, you know, you know, for this this upcoming year. They just. For whatever the reason is, whether it's it's that they don't, you know, like whether it's that Thibodeau's voice has gotten old, you know, like in the room or that, you know, the the, the weird dynamic of is Derrick Rose the guy? He's the franchise guy, but he's still the guy. You know what I mean? Uh, I I don't know what the cause is, but something just doesn't look right in Chicago. It just doesn't. So I can't trust them. I can't say like, oh, yeah, they, they would just beat Atlanta. In fact, right now I think Atlanta would beat them. But against Cleveland? I look, at the very least I think it would be a great series. Same thing with Toronto. I think it would be a great series. And I can't wait for it. We got you know, what thirty games left?
1: Yeah, it uh
2: I I think yeah, we're
1: heading to, into thirty games left here with uh you know, in the league. You know, looking at but with Chicago the thing what would you ra- okay. Going into the playoffs, would you rather have a coach that is like in the Jim Harbaugh situation where you kind of know that he's on his way out, Or would you have a team that is minus a superstar in Atlanta with, you know, from the, you know, from the officiating standpoint, from the, uh, I know, I guess I'm kind of going conspiracy theorist on this after my conversation last night, but you know, you look at Atlanta without a superstar, would you rather have a situation where, going into the playoffs without a superstar or with a coach that is doing well, but his voice is kind of falling off?
2: Well, uh, can I cheat and say give me the healthy squad? <laughs> you know, because another uh, look, another issue that Chicago is having is that Kim Noah, not only is he one of their better players all around, but when he's not fully healthy, it's, it, it, it kind of feels like, He's not even the same. He doesn't even have the same influence that he that he clearly had with you know or has had in the past with that team within the locker room and on the court. Um, so, but you know, but to to your question, um, you know, honestly, especially if Chicago isn't healthy, give me Atlanta. I I I don't think it'll be I don't think it'll be as much because I've heard the same the same thing about like hey you need stars you know because you know like, because of the officiating in the playoffs you know you want to get the benefit of mm-hmm. the doubt look the officials the officials have been giving the Spurs calls you know like, you know for years and I'm not saying giving them calls but the Spurs haven't lacked for calls over the last couple of years and and it, you know look. I have a tremendous amount of respect, for, you know, for Tim Duncan. I have a tremendous amount of respect for Tony Parker. I have a tremendous amount of respect for Manu Ginobili. But they wouldn't, in any, in my opinion, be you know, quote unquote, superstars any longer. You know, so if, right. if Atlanta is playing, if Atlanta's playing well, if they're healthy, I see no problem. With, you know, I would have no problem whatsoever picking them in a series. Uh,
1: you know, looking at the team that I'm kind of intrigued by. I would be even more intrigued by them if they hadn't gotten that suffered injuries. And that team is the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh mm-hmm. losing Jabari Bart, losing Kendall Marshall, kind of you know, it's sad that they lost those two guys. But you look at mm-hmm. uh them, do you think they have any shot, say against a bang up Chicago, say against maybe a Washington if uh you know, say Nene or Gortat uh, goes down. Do you see them having any shot in a series, or do you think it's going to be kind of a whitewash?
2: At the very least, it would be funny just to be able to tweet out butts and six. But uh, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you, you 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 know, it. Shout out to Brandon Jennings, and I hope his Achilles heals, you know, you know, fully and, and relatively quickly. Um, but look, you know what's tough about it. I want to say, like, yes, they have a shot because I love what Brandon Knight has developed into. I love that, you know, you're no longer just, just only seeing, like, him getting crossed over, like, on, on ridiculous vines and, and or getting dunked on by DeAndre Jordan. Like, now all of a sudden, you know, people are realizing, no, this is a legitimate ball player. You know, he, he's – yeah, look, whether he's an all-star or all-star level, he's played great basketball for them. I love G, I love Giannis Anetokounmpo and uh you know I, I you know i i still I still believe in uh Sofa, but the truth of the matter is they're you know without Jabari Parker and with only you know this year together and under kid you know with, with whom by the way uh he's not going to get any consideration for Coach of the Year, but should absolutely get a ton of a ton of credit it's, especially considering when he went there, we all thought like, well well, this is just a cast grab and and, and simply an opportunity to link up with your buddy. That guy's done a hell of a job this year. But, you know, with the inexperience that they've got without, you know, you know, without, you know, like, and you why? Know, well, I guess it's a double standard because I'm saying without, like, a go-to guy, you know, without, like, an established score that, you know, or a set of established scores, I don't necessarily see them putting, you know, putting up that much of a fight in the series. I, I, I'll say this. They're going to fight hard. They're going to, you know, they're going to play defense. They're going to, you know, they're going to make you work. But I don't see them beating any of those teams.
1: Are you are you at all concerned? Well, before we get into George Carl, I got a little bit of a theory on that. But uh, hmm. are you a little concerned with Kevin Durant that he might be a superstar that's starting to be cut down in his prime like a Tracy McGrady? Uh, Iverson kind Ooh. of had his prime. A Tracy McGrady type with all these foot injuries. Um, McGrady had knee injuries. I feel like Durant, I don't want to think that way, but he's had a rough season. I know it's just one season out of what seven, but this is not a good way to start your seventh season in the NBA. Start having foot injuries.
2: Yeah, look. Anytime it's repetitive foot injuries or multiple foot injuries, I start getting concerned. And you know, it's going to sound funny, especially when it comes to big men. Now, yes, is Kevin Durant? Is you people are going to be like Kevin Durant's not a big man? Look. He's seven foot. Okay, I've stood next to him, well, beneath him in the locker room. The guy's legitimately, you know, if, if whether he's 6'10", 6'11", the guy's up there. So anytime I, any, anytime you have a, a large frame player, and I know, yeah, I know he's still he's still thin, but it doesn't matter. That's still a lot, you know, that's still a lot of pressure going down on, no, you know, on those feet and on those legs. And uh, you know, when they start having repetitive injuries, I, I, I do start to worry. With him, he's twenty five years old. You j all 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 you can do is hope that it, you know this is just that you know that one bad year and that eventually you know he could be you know, he can rest over the summer you know get fully you know you know full, fully permit his body to heal uh, because even if they make it into the postseason I don't think that they're going to be in there for you know all that long uh, there's a there's a bold prediction that you know of course when they're playing in the finals everybody's going to say that guy Jabari Davis you should really just stop making predictions. Um, but, no, the, uh, you have to hope that it's just some, it's, it's just going to be a matter of, a, uh, you know, a, a rough patch in the seventh year and that he can bounce back next year. Um, but, yeah, I I wouldn't have brought it up, uh, and I'll knock on wood for him, but it's a great point.
1: Do you uh, – you know, you had an interesting post on Instagram a few weeks back or maybe it was a few days back. I don't know. Alcohol ruined my mind. But it's, you had a post with Braden Roy – Grant Hill, McGrady, mm. and uh, Penny Hardaway. And it was, mm-hmm. you know, basically like who would have been the next Jordan, essentially, if they hadn't gotten injured. But I feel like, you know, with looking at what Penny Hardaway was able to do in such a short span, I feel like he would have been the next Jordan. Like, you know, if you even listen to Horace Grant talk, they will say he would have been better than Kobe, and I always like those woulda, shoulda, coulda with these guys that get injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like it would. With that list, I go Penny one, Grant Hill two. Actually, uh, McGrady two, Grant Hill three, and Brandon Roy four. What would your ranking be with those four?
2: Uh, I would honestly, I would, I would go T Mac, Ben Penny uh Rory is coming in fourth and and I, and I love B-Roy I, I loved him I I, I to be honest with you I wanted the Lakers to find a way to steal him eventually <laughs> at some point um so it it was an absolute shame to see him go down uh but he's still fourth on that list look I mean you can go either way and of course you know the you know meaning Grant would be third you know you can go either way you know with with any of those with you know especially the top three because all three of them were supremely gifted and 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 it's it's really just a shame that we were unable to see you know you know, you know quite what they might have been but Tracy McGrady, for those that don't remember, that dude was bad and when i say bad, i mean had everything on the court you know could handle the rock was you know was a was a superb playmaker at, at for one being six foot nine being able to dribble and pass the way that he could. Could shoot, you know, and and you weren't blocking his jump shot. You know, he had that, you know, slingshot, you know, from even kind of like over his, you know, like over his shoulder, you know, and and you know, like I said, like Tracy McGrady, in my honest opinion, would have been an all-time great. I honestly, I honestly believe that. Now, some can question his heart. Some, you know, in which they have. Some can question whether he was fighting to get through, you know, play through the injuries, which you know, people have. But regardless of that, in terms of an actual skill set and physical capability, Tracy McGrady literally had it all.
1: Yeah, McGrady, I actually feel Penny, well, McGrady had a little bit more of a window. I think Penny, Mm -hmm. what did Penny flame out, about 98 maybe?
2: Yeah, like right around there. When he was playing, he he was playing with... yeah it with a long year, year. Kid in Phoenix
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that was uh that was an experiment that yeah flamed out pretty quickly. I feel you know the way he put it I can't imagine if him and Shaq had been able to work it out and Penny stayed healthy, what they could have done in orlando I mean there would have been i think the end of you know Jordan probably
2: is that fair to say? I, it, it actually it blanked out right when you said, you said at the end of Jordan, and then I didn't hear what you said, sorry.
1: Don't you think Jordan would have, at the end of uh, with Penny, and uh, if him and Shaq would have been able to make it work out, Penny would have stayed healthy. Don't you think they could have ended Jordan's repeat at some point? Down, you know, they would have beaten the Bulls again in a series. That would have been a if we were to stay together.
2: You know what's tough, I, I and I have to be honest about it. And this is where you know I, I think that people don't necessarily, and I'm not talking about you, but I don't think enough people acknowledge how significant coaching can be. Because Penny and Shaq would have been great, and they would have won a ton of games. They would have you know 60 plus probably most years. Uh, and you know, won their share of you know, entry, you know, first round and even second round postseasons, you know, a postseason series or two each year. But I got to be honest with you, having watched Phil Jackson up close and personal, and watched the way that you know, way that he manipulates a series, and appreciated the way that he, you know, that you really takes advantage of even the most minute detail in a series. I don't, I and you know, and and quite frankly, Shaq. Knowing that Shaq probably would not have ever gotten as motivated as he got when playing, as excuse me, as he did when playing under Phil Jackson, I still would have taken the you know, Jordan's and Bulls every day of the week, every single day of the week. And, and I know that's not the answer you wanted, but I, I just don't think that they would have gotten there.
1: It's not the answer I wanted, and I might ban you <laughs> from the show for talking so ill
2: of my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, so, my bad. But, uh, my bad. It, it, look, it's look. I I look at it like this. Scott Brooks has had a heck of a lot of talent over the last five years. You know, five, six, seven years. Yeah, you know, in in Oklahoma City, I know that he's you know he's considered to be a good coach. I personally think that he has let them that he is the issue there. That that is the reason, you know. I don't think he develops his talents enough. I don't think like he gets them to play. They play, you know. Yes, they play hard. I'm not saying that they don't respect him or anything like that. But for whatever reason, if you, I, I honestly think if you give another, you know, another coach all of the talent, like honestly, if I think if you give Spolster the talent that he's had, I think he would have found the way to win it. You know, win a title. And I'm not saying that, that Spolstra an all-time, you know, all-time great, but I think. It, it, there's a significant difference between uh, you know championship level coaches and guys that you know you know guys that you can count on to you know you know win 50 games a year and make things exciting. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'll give that to
2: you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, we can uh, but, name, we, we can name, we can name a ton of coaches that you know are very good coaches. Look, George Cole, yeah. great coach. You know, you know, great coach, yeah. never, you know, was was never able to get over the hump. It stinks that he had to go up against Jordan in this eight I understand that, but regardless, he had to set, you know plenty well, other years, you know, plenty of other years to you, know, like to you know to you know to make it. Was never able to do that. Mike D'Antoni, same deal. Won a ton of games in Phoenix. I I, I hear, I can already hear somebody whining and saying, "Well, if Robert Horry doesn't, win, yeah, okay, you had a ton of talent all those other years as well, and you still weren't able to do it. certain coaches. You can count on them." To get you over the hump and make and be a difference maker in a series, I just don't think that those guys are.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's, with the Carl, I mean, they lost to the Nuggets. That wasn't even a good Nuggets team. You know, losing in the first round as the mm-hmm. one, and then I mean, he, yeah, he had plenty of chances. Actually, and he had a few good Bucks teams that maybe could have made it out of the East. Ray Allen, Sam Cassell,
2: Glenn uh, Glenn Big Dog, Robinson, they had a ton of talent on those Bucks
1: teams. Tim Thomas, I mean, that was a solid team, and, you know, I think he kind of burned bridges with those guys. Uh, The other thing, well, speaking of George Carl, I think it's kind of uh, ridiculous that he, the story is out that he's interested in going to the Kings. Why would you want to go to the Kings when, so magic is a av- the magic job is available. You go to the East, uh, you got Vucevic, you got a great back a great young backcord. Uh Tobias Harris, if you can re sign him, that's a nice piece. Um, I know that you have listened to my rants and raves about the magic <laughs> over the last year, uh, <laughs> whether it's uh you know, way premature to rave about them, but I I like, you know, Victor Oladipo and mm-hmm. with uh, listen with Alfred Payton, that's going to be a really good defensive court in the years to come, and that'll be beneficial against bad courts like John Wall and Bradley Beal. Um, you know, against Kyrie Irving when the Cavs have to move on from LeBron. I like the Magic long term, and I think George Carl is stupid to go to a team that has no bench. And your only future is DeMarcus Cousins. They never draft well. Stauskas is a disaster. I don't know why you would even consider going to a dumpster fire like the Kings when you could go to the Magic, which is kind of a fire right now, but you're in the Eastern Conference. You build them up a little bit, you can win 60 games, like the Magic did like four four or five years ago.
2: You know, it could be a matter of personal preference. It could be a matter of if I'm not mistaken. I think George Carl lives out here on the West Coast. Uh, you know, on a regular, you know, throughout the year. Uh, so maybe that has to do with it. Maybe he like you know, maybe he likes being you know being along the coast. You know, over here. Um, or you know, what, what about this idea? What if he's really you know, what if he? What if he's trying to drive the price up and playing one you know pitting one against the other? Um, if I were to choose, honestly. The best player out of those two out of those two situations is DeMarcus Cousins, but the best right. you know total team, in, in my honest opinion, you know you with the most potential would be the Magic. So I would choose the Magic in that situation because, like you said, I love Nikola Vucevic. You know, yeah, yeah, of course, and, you know former SC player, kick and go, the a well you know well deserving All Star you know All Star night this year. Um, you know, I, I'm really intrigued to see what Oladipo can develop into. Uh, I I can't wait to see Aaron Gordon. Now, it's not you know it's not Vaughn's fault that Aaron Gordon was injured you know all throughout uh, you know the, what has been a you know just a, a disastrous rookie campaign. But let's not forget how you know just how excited we all were about that young man. You know you know not six months ago. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he might be able to develop into. And you name it, Alfred Payton. You like know, they, they've got a ton of guys. Tobias to Harris. It'll be interesting to see what they do with him this off season. If I'm not mistaken, he's you know he's due for a big payday, you know. So, so you, know, you know we'll see what you know what, the, what GM Rob Hennigan does there. But you know I'm with you on that one. If I were George Call, I would de- and, and, and the options are really open. I definitely would choose you know would, excuse me would choose Orlando out of those two options. I'm not a believer in what you know whatever they've got going on in Sacramento. I don't understand it. I thought they were foolish for firing Mike Malone. First of all, the guy was eleven and thirteen, and Boogie had just missed four or five games, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the team was actually playing some semblance of defense, uh, you know, or or you could tell that they were working their way toward it. Uh, I just don't understand, and I definitely don't understand the whole thought, you know. And and who knows what you know, how much validity you know there was to this, but the whole thought of you know wanting to play a four on five defense so that you can outlet and run, you know, uh, w- w- basically when you start getting. And 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 no disrespect to you know Vivek Renadine you know like Ren- Renadine you know uh, 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 and that's the owner of the Kings or the majority owner at least mm-hmm. but when you have owners that don't necessarily know the game they probably should just be there you know as a fan you know what I mean if, if you yeah, right. when, when, when you start introducing all types of foolishness and all types of like gimmicks uh, look your organization has been terrible for quite some time. Let's, how about trying to build it the, the traditional way before you try to reinvent the wheel? That's just my thought on it.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I've put in a couple times for, or got a couple lottery tickets from time to time, and I've thought about buying a, an NBA franchise if I were to win the $500 million jackpot.
0: Mm-hmm. Um And
1: I feel like I would type a owner... That would get fined for saying really <laughs> of things in the media about referees, mm-hmm. the marks type just be, a, yeah. be you know be a fan and you know kind of I would hire v- basketball people around me, even though i you know I feel like I know enough that I could dabble in the ownership team. I feel like I could you know be a fan and also be a businessman in the in the same sense. There's just some of these jackass owners out there, like the King's owner, and I think Balmer's kind of that guy, too. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a he, he, knight in shining armor, but I, I kind of think uh, he's a little overboard with his ideas. And, I mean, he doesn't speak out about them, but I think he's kind of a whack job, kind of the way the King's owner is. <laughs>
2: well you know Balmer you know Balmer doesn't bother me nearly as much i mean like are the antics and the like the silly dancing and the stuff is that corny to me yes but he doesn't really bother me because he's not interfering uh he's not interfering with you know with the actual product on the court um you know the and, and the rentized thing you know again you know no absolutely no just i'm sure he's a wonderful you know wonderful person he's done a tremendous amount for the you know the community in sacramento uh you know uh, it's great to see that that they st- that they stuck it out and you know kept the kings there um but again look if you were if you were in that position say you know like going with your fantasy your your fantasy proposal there even if you even if you hired basketball guys, you'd know the game. So you can, I mean, you can you can be a voice in the room. I have no problem with that. I'm not look. I can't tell a billionaire how to you know what to, you know how to act or what to do with his money. All I'm saying is be smart enough to hire those basketball guys. Look, I love you know. I look. I like to cook. I like to barbecue. But if I if I hit the lotto, and and, and I and I actually think I'm pretty good. I've been told I'm pretty good. But if I hit the lotto, you, you can best believe I'm going to have a professional doing it for me. <laughs> you know. What, what? Why? Why? You know, why, You know, Why? Why would you force yourself to do it? Get, get, you know, get the best available. And if you're, you know, if if you're the Kings, I just don't see. I, honestly, I just don't understand what's going on. Honestly, I just don't.
1: No, no, it's uh, it's the proverbial dumpster fire, as we call it. Uh, I don't know if we've talked on this topic um, since the last time we talked, but uh, Joel Embiid. Do you have some concern with him as far as not only his weight, but, uh, you know, the foot injury? You, you,
2: are you concerned at all about Joel Embiid? What I hope is that the Philly organi- – you know, like the Sixers organization is is working with him to continue to develop and, you know, from a maturity standpoint and – also, uh, you know, from an understanding of what it means to be a professional, you know, in professional sports or, you will be an athlete in professional sports. Um, you know, he's still very, very young, plenty of time in order to, you know, to, you know, to get things in order. But you just don't want it to, you, you don't want, you know, terrible habits to develop over, the, you know, like in, in those first couple of years. Uh, especially when you're coming off of, you know, a significant injury, obviously, an injury significant enough to keep you out for the entire, for your entire rookie season. Um, so yeah, I have concerns, you know, because, you know, and look, a lot of the stuff that he doesn't says it's lighthearted, funny stuff. And, and he's really, and, but the fact that, you know, the, the fact that he's, t- he's really toned it down, maybe, you know, maybe tells you that Philly has been in his ear. Um, you just have to hope that, like I said, you know, that, that, that they work with him, that he's open to the idea and that, you know, it, it works out. Cause I'd really like to see what he could, you know, turn, you know, what he could develop into. I, you know, I'm not going to go with the asinine, uh you know he's the next hakeem you you know i generally stay away from you know those types of comparisons unless there's like you know a legitimate amount of evidence to you know like you know you you know obviously more than like 15 you know college games you know like to determine it on um but the guy has a ton of potential uh you know from a physical perspective you know especially obviously when fully healthy you know he he does look like that next level guy so all you know. While I do have concerns, I, had, I all I can say is I hope that the Sixers organization is just working with them and just you know, you know make sure you know, make sure to continue to continue to help you know continue to help him help himself.
1: Last thing before I let you go, do you want to tell everybody where we can find you on Twitter, the internet, all the wonderful stuff from Jabari Gibbs?
2: Bob? Uh, for, you, know, well, you know, as I always, do first. Let me thank you. Um, it's always a pleasure. I know I rambled a little bit today. I probably tried to try to yeah. fit too much into a, into a forty-five minute conversation, but I definitely appreciate it. Uh, I'm Easy Jabari Davis NBA on Twitter if you do the Twitter sort of thing. Uh, actually, I have an Instagram, um, and every so often I give I give you some you know behind the scenes uh, stuff, but most of the time it's just silly memes and things like that. But it's J Davis NBA. Uh, you can find my material on BasketballInsiders.com. Uh and you know and you know what? I I I won't extend it any further. If you follow me on Twitter, I post out all the links all the time. Uh so yeah.
1: Awesome. Well Jabari, I always appreciate you coming on. Always a great time and uh we'll have to do this again soon. Well whenever we have time and uh whether it's a month from now, two months from now, whatever, always a pleasure talking to you.
2: Truly my pleasure, man. Let, let, let why don't we reconnect around the around the playoffs?
1: Awesome.
2: We'll do
1: for sure. We'll do a playoff preview or something. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I'll
0: talk to you later, guys. God bless. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered jumbacasino. dot com.
1: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
1: Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs>